GamesillaMedia.com. Noise Land Arcade. Welcome to this week's episode of Noiseland Arcade. I am Craig WK, and with me is my buddy. Hey, I'm Sean, the Arcade Phantom, everybody. How's it going? Sean, great to have you on uh, another episode here. Uh, today, we are covering one fish, two fish, blowfish, bluefish. Say that three times fast. I dare you. One fish, two fish, blowfish, bluefish. One fish, two fish, blowfish, bluefish. One fish, two fish, blowfish, bluefish. Pretty impressive. Thank you. That's not. I didn't think I could do it. I uh, so I I Sean. When did this episode first air? This episode first aired January twenty fourth, nineteen ninety one. Yeah. So in this heartfelt episode, the Simpsons are tired of the same old meals and decide to eat at a sushi restaurant where Homer consumes a poisonous fish and is given one day left to live. This got real dark real quick. Just really the description. Did. Really did. And you know what? You'd think it wouldn't have with a title based upon a Dr. Seuss book. But you know what? It is the 90s and everything was depressing. So what's going on in the news right then? Depress us, Craig. You know, this is not super depressing, but it is pretty cra- you know, pretty scary stuff. Yeah, that's a lie. It's depressing. It's always depressing. I hate the news. Well, it Sean. It makes me sad. I have news for you. War were declared. Ugh. <sighs> On January 17th, 1991, just a few days before this episode aired, Operation Desert Storm began and the coalition launched its offensive push into uh, Iraq uh, or to push out Iraq out of Kuwait and defeat Saddam Hussein. Uh, Now, uh, we had talked about, of course, that, you know, the Persian Gulf War was technically kind of going on. Uh, Operation Desert Shield was already uh, going on. It's now transferred over to Desert Storm. Uh, Now, uh, I... Previous news reports, uh, why, had, why was it Desert Storm and not Desert Sword or something? I mean, you got Sword and Shield Pokemon, right? I mean, yeah, it makes way more sense to have it that way. But whatever, Desert Storm, we'll go with what they wanted. Idiots. I'm calling it Desert Sword. <laughs> <now>. Operation <laughs> Desert Sword. I, I wonder if there is an Operation Desert Sword. Any history buffs out there, let us know. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I mean, you would think there would almost be. That sounds pretty legit. Huh. Uh, so previous news reports uh, said that the U.S. would not be ready uh, for some time after the U.N.'s January 15th deadline, uh, because that's when the U.N. gave Saddam Hussein to get the heck out of Kuwait. Uh, and I mean, they weren't entirely wrong. It did take them a little bit longer than the deadline, two days longer. And they blitzed in and the uh, uh, the battles had begun. I. Uh, Previously, Saddam Hussein claimed that he would make America swim in our own blood. And boy, isn't he about to be embarrassed soon. (laughs) He's going to be eating crow and the taste is bitter indeed. Sean, what do you have going on in the world at this time? Okay, so I'm bringing this one up because I've got to ask all of our listeners and you out there, Craig. Did you ever read the book White Fang in school? I don't think so. I feel like every middle school had White Fang or every like elementary school, late elementary school, like sixth uh-huh. grade. And on January 18th, Disney opened the White Fang movie, which I remember specifically taking my idea from The Simpsons of cheating and watching the movie instead of reading the book. <laughs> when... I mean, this would have... Uh, Bart, Bart did the reverse by reading the book of the movie with um, Itchy and Scratchy, the movie. Oh, Yeah. But I credit The Simpsons to my cheating on my test to no White Fang. And I'm curious if work? anybody else out there watched White Fang. I don't know. Probably not. 
I had the attention span of a flea. Probably not. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, so, uh, Sean, I don't think I've ever like I I I mean the the name of the the book is kind of familiar. I've never seen White Fang. Is it any good? Eh. Eh. It's one of those movies that like you're glad you're not in class because you're watching it. <laughs> uh huh. But it's not great. It's just kind of middle of the road. Hmm. It's a fun adventure movie for kids. Okay. About a wolf? It's like a wolf. and Yeah. Husky, wolf, dog, canine. You can tell I didn't do good on the test because I don't remember <laughs> a damn thing. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I just remember the cover of the kid holding like the wolf dog or whatever on it. Oh, okay. All right. So there's a canine in it. That, 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 you know, that works. I don't know. There were a lot of stories about that. There's like Hatchet was about that. Now, uh, Hatchet, I remember. Snow Dogs. The the one with the with the eight dogs where they kill them all in the end. Spoiler. Cool Runnings. Yeah, we'll call it Cool Runnings. <laughs> there, there's a lot of movies about dogs in the wilderness. Yeah. Balto. Balto. Oh yeah, Balto. Balto had to get those vaccines to kids. Good I, movie. <laughs> it it yeah honestly yeah it's not bad. That was a big thing in the like 80s and 90s. Yeah, it really was. Interesting. I uh, I never really thought about that. I mean, heck, like you know. Old Yeller had been captivating people for years. I mean, like, let's face it, you know, childhood movies with a kid and a dog, or anybody with a dog, you know, that that pretty much always kind of you know holds up, and maybe not holds up, but always has been around. It's always a solid storyteller. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I uh, so let's jump into the uh, the episode. I uh, so I uh, right off the bat, uh, Marge is making dinner. I uh, and they're microwaving their meatloaf. That's weird, right? Yeah, that, that's a, that's a little weird. It, I'm not gonna lie, that sounds atrocious. And now I've reheated meatloaf in the microwave before. Well, maybe that's what it, they were doing. So maybe they were reheating it. It looked like it was pretty full, unless it was cooked and then it was sort of like put in the freezer or something. That could be. That could be. M- yeah. Marge does seem like the kind of person who'd make meals for the entire week, freeze them, and then come out and reheat them. Yeah, like and use them in the next week and you know stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that that makes sense. I. Uh, I appreciate the uh, the line. I think it's from Homer who says, "Isn't there anything faster than a microwave?" Or maybe it's Bart. Now I'm not remembering. I don't know. It's been a little while since both I watched are, this. Both but... are impatient jerks, so you know, just like us. Uh huh. And uh, so I, uh, they're 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 eating, and uh, you know, we find out that Thursday is meatloaf night, uh, which tells us. That in the episode "Some Enchanted Evening," Homer had gotten in trouble with Marge on a Thursday because they were because uh, they were having meatloaf. Uh-huh, exactly. I uh, so I uh, I uh, I think it's uh, Homer starts uh, you know pouring out ketchup. It's making the farty noises. Bart laughs. I think he drops a "Shut up, boy." I mean, that's what Homer's been doing for the last however many episodes. <laughs> that's typical season one and season two, Homer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we also find out that Fridays are pork chop night. Uh, and they have not missed one since the Great Pig Scare of 87. Now, now, what is the Great Pig Scare of 87? Because I know you went into research on it. There is no such thing. I looked into it, and uh, I found no evidence of a pig shortage in 1987, uh, or pig scare for that matter. Uh, though, I will say, uh, back in the day, uh, uh, even into the even in the 90s, it was still sort of on people's minds, but especially before that, uh, uh, trichinosis uh, was a much bigger concern for people. Uh, but uh, in, in, if you're un, unaware, trichinosis is uh, uh, was like a I think it was like a, a bacteria that was in pork, and it, if you didn't cook it 
long enough and high enough of heat, like, you know, bring that temperature up with the pork there, uh, you're going to get really ill. And so that's why a lot of like older pork recipes, especially in like the 50s and 60s, call for really, really overcooking the pork because you had to be careful of that kind of stuff. So they say. So they say. I'll eat my raw pork and raw <laughs> eggs. Thank you very much. Now, nowadays, uh, uh, trichinosis has been, you know, almost gone from pigs. You know, you never, you hardly ever see it. And in fact, I think the more, uh, in more recent years, people have gotten trichinosis like sickness or sick from trichinosis, like from like wild boar and stuff. It's not really in the, you know, your uh, market varieties of pigs anymore. So, you know, pretty clear. But that's the only thing I can think of was the fact that like they were making reference to something like that. But I could not find any kind of shortage of pigs or anything like that in 87. It's going to be totally out of your wheelhouse. But I feel like throwing this out there. Didn't uh-huh. a guy kill a boar on Survivor? Um, like the reality show, didn't he kill a boar one time? Totally out of my wheelhouse. I have no idea. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, inevitably, you're going to have someone who's like, hey, I'm hungry. And the the producers are like, no, 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 no killing. No, listen, listen, I'm a survivor. And then just jumps on the pig and kills it. I think I remember there being like a huge news debacle about that where some guy killed a boar. I mean, it's survival. I'm, I'm not a reality show person. Yeah, I, no I, I remember that being a news article. I wouldn't be surprised. I wonder if he had to deal with that. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I, unless I'm really cooking it pretty high, I'm not going to eat wild game. That's, you know, yeah, no, absolutely not. I uh, got to be careful. Uh, but yeah, so Lisa is very forlorn that it's the same old things. And I... She uh, uh, complains that, you know, that she wants something else. And when Homer finally buckles, uh, he says uh, or, or she says, I, uh, uh, you know, she wants anything but pizza, burgers or fried chicken. And Homer says, fine, we'll go to Mars. <laughs> Which I love that Homer's only ideas of food are hamburgers, pizza and fried chicken. Mm-hmm. That is the most American thing you could possibly Pretty say. Much. Yeah. It doesn't get any more all American than um foods from other parts of the world <clears throat> which are all delicious though. all delicious i'll grant you that i uh, they became ours because we're american and we're best <laughs> we took it for ourselves usa usa <laughs> us anyway i uh, so uh, i also love the fact that i uh, uh when lisa's like please dad and he's like or that she says it a few more times. He's like, what makes you think that if I didn't say yes the first time, I'm going to say it on like the third time. And Lisa's like, yeah, but maybe you'll say it by the hundredth time. And she, and of course, you know, he buckles, of course. Uh, oh, no, that's right. Uh, how, uh, how do you know that you won't say no to the 99th time? Uh, and it only took nine times. So considerably less. Uh, Lisa recommends sushi. And Bart's like, yeah, but isn't that like raw fish? And Lisa says, uh, as usual, the playground has the facts, but missed the point entirely. Uh, and Sean, uh, how do you feel about sushi? I love sushi. I, I actually have a note in my notes. Uh-huh. And part of my language. One of my notes just simply states, I fucking love sushi. <laughs> <laughs> I really adore it as well. I it is it's probably yours and I's one of our favorite cuisines. It is my favorite cuisine by I, far. I think sushi might be about my favorite. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, don't be me wrong. I really love a good steak, love pizza, love burgers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But man, and maybe it's the fact that sushi is also kind of on the expensive side. If you go to the like a good place for it, so you can't have it all the time. 
it, it's the expensive part, plus you can prepare it in many different ways. So mm-hmm. it's different foods every time you go. Oh, sure, absolutely. You can change up your options. You can get something that's fried, something that's not fried. Yeah, and I mean, there's sashimi on top of sushi, which we'll find in uh, uh, this that they, you know, uh, in this episode, you know, they end up doing sashimi as well as sushi. Uh, but uh, yeah, they go to the Happy Sumo, uh, which we'll see them visit uh, uh, in the future. Uh, this has a uh, karaoke bar, uh, which, well, I guess let's, uh, I, we'll get into it because I got yeah, some things yeah, to say yeah. the karaoke yeah. bar. Yeah, so I, I, impressively, uh, the, the characters that are, you know, working, or the Japanese characters that are working for the Happy Sumo are actually speaking Japanese. Yeah. Once again, we have the Simpsons w- not willing to, to just like, because let's face it, you could very easily be racist and a jerk and just garble some some Asian quote-unquote sounds and be like, okay, that's Japanese enough. But they actually have them all speaking legitimate Japanese. But to be fair, we also have a guest star who is Japanese. George Takei is in this episode, is he not? Yes, he is Akira. Akira the sushi chef, uh, chef, and then they eventually replace him with uh, one of the regular actors who who can just do a good in, impersonation. I uh, I don't remember who though. I think Harry Shearer does it, but I'm not sure. That could be. I uh, so I uh, I uh, interesting. An, another interesting note is, you know, I we we kind of thought it was established that Asians were white in The Simpsons, but not all of them are white. They have the yellow skin tone. Uh, so I feel like that's just sort of like them, I don't know, maybe early Simpsons not knowing exactly what they wanted to do with uh, uh, all the characters and races and stuff. So it bounces around from time to time because mm-hmm. there's the episode where they actually go to Japan and they have the white tone to them. Yeah. It's also in the Mr. Sparkle episode. They have the white tone to them. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things that bounces around. This episode, they didn't know what they wanted to do, so they mm-hmm. have the yellow tone. I gotcha. I uh, When they... Uh, 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 walk by and the uh, waitress says that the karaoke bar is empty, but will soon be hopping with drunken Japanese businessmen, which begs the question, are there that many Japanese businessmen hanging out in Springfield? I imagine there have to be if there's that many people showing up there. I guess. What uh, Japanese business is in Springfield? Um, Because uh, uh, we'll learn Kumatsu Motors is in Detroit. Oh, that's right. Uh, I don't know. There must be something. We'll have to look into that. Japanese company in Springfield. Huh. Yeah, I have uh, no clue on that one. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, Sean, are you fairly familiar with the origins of uh, karaoke? Go on, Craig. So, karaoke is a portmanteau of kara, which is the, uh, the word for empty, and orchestra. So, it's kara Okay orchestra you know uh which we pronounce in america as karaoke uh but uh karaoke was uh uh, first developed in the early 70s in uh japan uh in fact it's uh when pulled by japanese people it's hailed as one of the greatest inventions the japanese people have given the world along with ramen noodles now do you know what it has spawned no what is a big fat in germany currently because all of my research into this led me to this what's that do you know of porno okay? Porno okay? Porno okay. What the hell is that? It is where you dub porn films. <laughs> what? Seriously? It, it is an actual thing throughout Eastern Europe, but popular in Germany. Uh-huh. Where they will watch porn films without sound effects and dub them. 
That sounds hilarious. It does. That sounds kind of hilarious, but also maybe mildly awkward. Oh, super awkward. <laughs> Just a do, pinch do, of awkward. Do you go on a date to it? Oh, now that's a good question. That's a weird date. That is certainly not first date material. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, Craig, uh, this is the first time meeting. Uh, I figured we'd do uh, some uh, porn and okay. Is that, is that cool? I mean, it sounds fun. I mean, we're just going to be recording some porn sounds. You know, it's all good. Excuse me, Craig. I'm leaving and never talking to you again. Okay, see you. And um, what was your last name? So I can get a restraining order. <laughs> uh, uh, Arcade Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the fact that that came up in my research. <laughs> yeah, that's it, great. It literally was 30 minutes of me just going, what is this? That's kind of amazing. Man, now I kind of want to. Huh. Anywho, uh, so uh, another thing uh, to note is I'm very impressed that the uh, Japanese table that the Simpsons are sitting at are on the ground. It is very traditional in this uh, place, and it's kind of a, a and just a a great shout out to the Simpsons that they were willing to put in that extra research and work. Now I've had a lot of sushi in my life, and I've only ever once actually eaten at a table that was on the lower level like that i've never i've been in a restaurant where they had it but i sat at like it was like for special guests and and like you had to reserve it and stuff and so i never never did yeah the only time i've ever done that was out in california oh is it uncomfortable no it's actually super comfortable really Hmm. but i'm kind of a hobo and can like sleep on boxes so (laughs) yeah i guess that's true maybe i shouldn't be taking your opinion on that uh, but yeah, Akira appears uh, and, uh, of course, is voiced by George Takei. And uh, Sean, uh, would you mind letting our listeners know, uh, in case they're unfamiliar with George Takei, what he's uh, been in, what he's about? So George Takei is a famous actor who played uh, Sulu on Star Trek, the original Star Trek series. Yeah. He's also an openly gay actor who is a positive force for anything in the gay community. He is so hilarious and charming. I really like George Takei. He's uh, I follow him on uh, I think Facebook and like Twitter and, and Twitter. Like tw- yeah. Twitter. He's really hilarious on there. Yeah, maybe maybe it's Twitter and I just occasionally see posts on Facebook or something like that. But yeah, I uh, I really like uh, George Takei. He's uh, he's he's great. I uh, but I. Yeah, so they uh, they sit down, and uh, did you catch the uh, 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 the orders that they had? I did not catch the orders. I don't oh. have that written down. So uh, uh, Marge and Lisa get a non-threatening platter each. Uh, Bart wants two sharks, an octopus, and an eel. I assume he's ordering nigiri style, where it's just by piece, because that would be a ton of food for a kid. What kind of eel is he getting? I know. They only said eel. We don't know if it's freshwater or... Uh, 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 Salt water? Salt water, yeah, thank you. Which uh, salt water is the better option? I think so. Now, I, a freshwater eel I'm okay with. I do like it, but I do like the, I think I like the uh, 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 salt water eel better. By the way, if any of our listeners are curious about sushi and want to go out for sushi sometime, you can treat me <laughs> and Craig and we will totally teach you everything you need to know at the cost of you paying first for sushi. Oh, absolutely. In a heartbeat. It's pretty expensive. I don't recommend you doing it. But I mean, it's, it, especially if you're trying to eat a ton. Shut up, Craig. <laughs> I want free sushi. <laughs> <laughs> but no, absolutely. I, I, it's it's interesting. I've talked to, I think I was talking to the, the Glitch previously about sushi, and he was like, eh, and he was real nervous about it. And I was like, no, no, no. It's actually amazing. It's so, so good. 
And eel, I think, is the thing that throws most people off. Because I feel like uh, uh, in our friend group, for a while there, I think I was the one who knew the most about sushi and, like, you know, was treating people to, like, you know, birthday dinners and stuff. And every time I was like, okay, here's your eel. And they were like, I'm not eating eel. And I was like, no, no, no. no, no. no. Screw it. you. Eat it. This is amazing. And, uh, and every time. I don't think there was a single person that was turned their nose up afterwards. They were like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And I was like, right? So good. I've always had an affinity for seafood my entire life. Mm-hmm. I love, love, love squid. Mm-hmm. So going to sushi was just a natural transition where it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Just- now, I honestly, like, it was a little weird for me. I had never been. And I think a friend of mine uh, was like, hey, have you ever done sushi? And I was like, well, no, but I'll try it. And I had it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. I, uh, Oh, and uh, I, the uh, Homer, uh, let's see. I. Uh, Homer is just kind of a rude jerk. He's just sort of like, oh, this all sounds so bad. And uh, he just points at like, the menu, I think, when we first uh, see him uh, ordering things. Uh, oh, So I love that Homer says, this sounds so bad, but makes a gigantic order. Oh, it's a big order. Yeah, he orders a bunch of stuff. Uh, and I also like the, uh, the fact that uh, uh, Bart asks if uh, uh, there's any giant squid that drag men to their deaths. And Akira's like, not today, I'm afraid. I, uh, but I, uh, so we uh, transition into the kitchen uh, next. We see uh, them uh, going about their work and uh, I, the, the head sushi chef sure is impressive, but Toshiro squid looks like it's been hacked by a blind woodsman. What a great insult. <laughs> and he, I also love that he's like, hang your head in shame. I, uh, uh, Homer orders a Japanese duff, and I don't know if you caught this, but it has um, what looks to be Mount Fuji on it. I did catch that. Nice. Uh, Homer tries it, and he likes it. Yeah, he's impressed with everything he tries. Uh, while Homer's gorging himself on sushi and loving it, uh, it cuts to uh, the uh, karaoke bar. Uh, did so, you catch the name or anything? So while he's gorging himself... Mm-hmm. There's a weird animation error where Homer keeps grabbing the same sushi and it never disappears. Oh, I missed that. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Like, he'll clear the plate and get more and it keeps going. Now, that sounds like the sushi that you and I need, Sean. Yeah, that's what we need is repeatable sushi. I... Now, uh, in the karaoke uh, bar, uh, Richie Sakai, an anesthesiologist, dedicates the song to his wife, Patty, uh, and he sings Shares, Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. I'm not really sure why. That's kind of a weird song selection, but that's fine. I kind of like the song. It's a good song. I it's can't complain bad, with yeah. it. Uh, also interesting that uh, of all the characters that we know sing on uh, uh, stage, uh, oh, no, no, it wouldn't be Patty. It'd be Selma, wouldn't it, uh, who was singing with uh, uh, Sideshow Bob? Yes. It'd be Selma. That's right. Uh, I was going to say I was thinking it would be the same same name, but no, you're right. It, it would not be. I. Uh, Let's see, uh, Homer. Uh, did you catch the uh, or, uh, the next order Homer gets? What did he order next? Is that when he gets the California rolls, or is that in this first part? Uh, I think that uh, I think the the random stuff he in the like when he just points the menu is in the first part. Uh, in the in this next order, Homer gets uni, which is sea urchin. Uh, he gets a flying fish roll, which I assume is the flying fish eggs, which are also amazing. Uh, and uh, uh, interesting enough, and I've never had this uh, when Homer. Orders that, uh, which I believe is, uh, Tobi- uh, is that Tobiko? Flying fish eggs? Tobiko, yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, 
uh, Kira recommends that he has it with a quail egg on top. I've never had it with a quail egg on top. So I've never had it with a quail egg on top. I've had quail egg before because they sell it at the Asian market by my house. Uh-huh. Quail egg is delicious. Really? Yeah, I've had it with um, dumplings before. Oh, never had it. Interesting. Uh, it has a weird smell to it. Or oh. So I'm told. Oh, okay. I really don't have much of a sense of smell, so... Oh, well, yeah, but, yeah. That's, that's true. But yeah, I'm, I've been told <laughs> it's got a very awkward and sulfury smell to it when you're cooking it. And uh, I, after Homer orders that, I... Bart and Lisa sing uh, what I'm pretty sure is one of your favorite songs, right, John? <laughs> uh, yes, because it comes from one of my favorite movies. Shaft. Shaft by Isaac Hayes, who would later go on to be a voice on South Park. All he would be right. chef on South Park. Interesting. I forgot about that. So uh, before we get to you, South Park, Simpsons did it. <laughs> <laughs> well put, Sean. Uh, so Bart and Lisa sing the uh, the theme song to Shaft. I uh, and uh, Homer wants more. He can't get enough of this stuff. And so he asks for what is called fugu. And Akira's like, oh, no, sir. I don't recommend that. It's poison. He's like, Homer's like, I don't care. Fugu me. And even when Homer starts enjoying sushi, he's still somehow a giant jerk. And Akira tries to get him not to do it. And Homer refuses. And Akira looks visibly frustrated. So we're about to get a very important line for the episode very early on here. Mm-hmm. We get a cut of the chef and his apprentice. Mm-hmm. And he's got a date with Edna Krabappel. He does indeed. And he says one of the three most important things you can learn as a man. Cover for me. <laughs> he does. He says one of Homer's lines. I didn't even catch that. That's amazing. I, And so I... I you know, while the head chef is is basically making out in the back seat of Krabappel's car with her, I uh, the I uh, I uh, his protege Toshiro uh, comes knocking on the car because he's been asked to do fugu, and uh, and Akira doesn't want to deal with Homer being a jerk, so he's just like, "Hey, listen, this has got to get done," and so he taps on the car window. And he uh, he says, like, you know, Master, your very skilled hands are needed in the kitchen. And the Master says, my skilled hands are busy and uh, and won't won't do it. And so Toshiro goes back to the kitchen and he's looking at this, like, map of a fugu fish. And he's like, poison, poison, tasty fish. And he starts cutting it. Now, for our listeners who don't know, fugu is a blowfish. It is. Now, did you look up a lot of info on the... Uh... Oh, I've got a whole oh, bunch yeah, of by info. All means. So you do too, I'm sure. Oh, a little bit here and there. But uh, yeah, if, if, if you can, Sean, go ahead and uh, uh, lay it on them. Fugu fish is not actually poisonous. Its poison comes from the bacteria that it eats. So you can actually raise freshwater fugu who are in captivity who are not poisonous. Tetrodotoxin, right? Yep. Yeah, it. Uh, uh, did you find out or find out what it does? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Its toxicity level is one thousand two hundred times deadlier than cyanide, <laughs> which is insane. Well, it paralyzes your muscles but keeps you conscious. So essentially, it's not that the poison is just like it like kills you in in the sense that like your organs like shut down or anything. It paralyzes you to the point where you can't breathe and you asphyxiate. Deaths between fugu fish can go anywhere between 20 minutes and 24 hours. So Homer's 24 hours to live is very lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to this day, there's no known cure. Nope. 
none. Uh, also, uh, did you catch how many years a sushi she- uh, sushi chef has to train to be able to work with it? That I did not. Three years of training before they're allowed to serve fugu. I don't know that Toshiro has those three years and. I don't think he does. Nope. W- would you eat fugu? Let's let's be honest. Would I? Yeah. With a master chef? Yes. Yeah, 100% here. In a master chef. Although it's funny because I hear, like, when I've seen, like, specials of, like, people who eat it, they're like, oh, that's pretty good. And it's like, is it worth almost dying for? Meh. <laughs> so from everything I've heard from people who eat it, they say it's not worth it. It's the sensation that it basically numbs your tongue when you eat it. That's the oh, fantastic okay, part. okay, yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's kind of cool, I guess. It's, it's neat. Yeah, I, I could just, you It's know, a thrill of it, I think. I could shove a bunch of sushi down my throat and get stabbed at the dentist with Novocaine. <laughs> Probably the same, right? Yeah, they've got to be Less pretty deadly. close. Very close. So Homer says it's fan-fugu-tastic. The head chef comes back into the kitchen, uh, whistling Sakura. Uh, which is a classic Japanese song, uh, and uh, finds out that Homer ate fugu fish and does not seem like it was prepared correctly. Uh, so uh, we uh, uh, see the the chef, uh, Toshiro, and Akira all like yelling and screaming and shrieking at each other, and Homer's like, beautiful language, isn't it, Marge? Uh, but they are all yelling in Japanese, legitimate uh, Japanese. Uh, and... Uh, they announced to Homer that they think that he ate poison. Uh, and, uh, you know, he ate poison. And But not to worry, there's a map to the hospital on the back of the menu. Have you ever been to a sushi restaurant that had a map to the hospital on the back of it? I did once, and I'll never eat there again. Because I seriously look every time I go to the sushi restaurant, I'm like, map to the hospital? Oh, they're not serving fugu today. I... Uh, so we see stock footage of the ambulance that's used almost every time they go to the hospital in an ambulance. Uh, there, I feel like, and I could be uh, off, but I think uh, there's a dude with a mustache as one of the drivers, and it always catches my attention. So I feel like the next time uh, you, Sean, and uh, any of our listeners are uh, uh, watching an episode of The Simpsons and there's a scene where they're going to the hospital in an ambulance, keep an eye out. For the dude in the front with a mustache, because I'm pretty dang sure it's almost always the same footage. I'm going to look for that tonight, actually. Please do. I I could be wrong, but I think that is used pretty frequently. I'm glad they didn't crash into a tree this time. (laughs) And drop over off a cliff. Uh, So, I... So uh, Homer's in the hospital, like, sitting there, and he's like, Try something new. What'll it hurt you? Never heard of a poison pork chop. Which is funny, because the... Because uh, tri- uh, you just mentioned poison yeah. pork chops earlier. Yeah, basically, uh, trigono- uh, tri- uh, tryptonosis. Is that what it was called? Uh, it's hard to pronounce for me for some reason. Trigonometry. Trigonometry. Uh, you, you, you can't be too careful about that trigonometry. Trichinosis. Uh, and I... Uh, Geonosis. Gotcha. <laughs> Geonosis. Is that a planet in Star Wars? Yeah, it's, you know, that fun one in the prequels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Dr. Hibbert and Marge come in to the, the hospital or the hospital room, the waiting room. And, or, uh, not a waiting room. I, I guess it's just, oh, it's a waiting room, but not the waiting room, if that makes sense. Uh, and, uh, Homer says, Don't worry, doctor. I can read Marge like a book. And he's like, Oh, it's good news, isn't it? <laughs> And Dr. Hibbert says that Homer has 22 hours to live. 
and apologizes for the two hours that he made him wait. Which is how every hospital works ever, by the way. Uh, it really does. It really, really does. Uh, so uh, uh, they ask what it's going to happen, and uh, Dr. Hibbert says that his heart's going to explode? That's not how tetrodotoxin works, Doc. No, it's not. Almost like Dr. Hibbert is a doctor for Springfield, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. But Homer goes through all five stages, uh, denial, anger, fear, bargaining, and acceptance, and goes through them pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, he does. He goes through them almost in the span of an entire sentence. <laughs> yep, pretty much. And they give uh, uh, a pamphlet to Homer and Marge, which is one of my favorite, uh, like, like you know, like kind of one-off little gags in the entire show. So you're going to die. <laughs> so to let our listeners in on a little joke. Uh-huh. I've gone to the hospital numerous times. Yeah. Numerous times for things... Not necessarily for me, but for other people who've been in the hospital. And every time they have those pamphlets, I look for something about death so I can find it and give it to Craig. And they never <laughs> have them about death. So you're going to die. <laughs> I think that is so damn funny, and I don't know why. I guess because I'm warped. Uh, <clears throat> but anywho, uh, it cuts to uh, 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 Homer and Marge. Back at home, and uh, they're getting ready for bed, and Marge is crying, and Homer is like, "I'm the one dying, not you," <laughs> which is another very selfish thing to say, but mm, no matter. Uh, and he makes a uh, list of uh, what he wants to do, uh, and he does it on. I think it's one of your favorite stationaries. It is dumb things. Dumb things I gotta, gotta do today. today. <laughs> Uh, what is that list, Sean? Do you have that? I do not have his full list. Oh no, I I did get the list for us. Uh, so I. Uh, uh, the list is make list, eat hearty breakfast, make a videotape for Maggie, have a man-to-man with Bart, listen to Lisa play her sax, make funeral arrangements, uh, make peace with dad, beer with the boys at the bar, tell off boss, go hang gliding, plan a tree, a final dinner with beloved family, be intimate with Marge, which he adds in as he's talking with her. Uh, and then they uh, uh, decide uh, uh, and um, and. It, an addendum, which is watch the sunrise together. So I find this scene very weird. Mm-hmm. And I want to point this out there because I don't know yeah. if you thought about this when you watched it, but mm-hmm. I thought about it as I watched it probably for the third time making notes for this uh-huh. episode. He asks Marge what's the term they use when they make love. And mm-hmm. she says be intimate, mm-hmm. which normally they say snuggle. So I, I, was thought, gonna, yeah, I thought that's very right. odd. You're right. But also Marge tells him, oh, be intimate. She's not like, hey, Maybe we should do that now. We're in bed. You're going to die. Yeah, you would think that, like, I mean, like, you would presume that the doctor could be off by, like, a few hours. And I feel like that's really going to sully your experience when when your partner dies during coitus. If I'm dying and I'm writing my list of things to do and it's like, oh, yeah, I should make love at this moment. Yeah, forget the list. Yeah, it's a little weird. I it's a little weird, and I also feel like it could be traumatic, very, very traumatic uh, when you didn't time it out right. Because that's the last thing on the list. Yeah, Homer could have died during. And- mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that'd be weird. That'd be awkward. That would be 
Gross. Yeah, this is getting to some real gross talk. It wouldn't be an episode of Noiseland Arcade if we didn't talk about necrophilia. I know. Rigor mortis <laughs> after death. I kind of threw up in my mouth a bit uh, there. Let's move on to something better. So the alarm goes off to see the sunrise. Homer smashes the snooze button until 1130. <laughs> We get my favorite line from Homer in this entire episode. Uh huh. So Homer comes out to Marge, who's cooking, and he's upset. And he says, Marge, why did you let me sleep so late? Mm-hmm. And her response is, You looked so peaceful lying there. And Homer just says, There'll be plenty of time for that. I love that line <laughs> that so line much. Is so good. <laughs> oh. Oh, live and learn. Live and learn. So, uh, Bart, uh, uh, well, uh, Homer goes to have the man-to-man with Bart. And Bart assumes he's going to uh, get a spanking. And so when Bart, or so when Homer's like, all right, come here, boy, Bart's like, oh, man. And he pulls his pants down and sits on his lap. And Homer's like, oh, put that thing away. And uh, so he teaches him the three sentences that Bart will, that will get Bart through life. Uh, which is great because we saw it earlier in the episode. We have uh, uh, cover for me, uh, good idea, boss, and it was like that when I got here. So we get two of these lines in this episode, and I love it because the both times they're used, they're hilarious. Yeah, so uh, uh, Homer decides he's going to teach Bart how to shave. And uh, Homer... Well, doesn't go so well. Uh, hmm. Do you want do you want depressing story time, Sean? Yeah, let's go depressing story time. Depressing story time. So, uh, as as previously mentioned on uh, 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 the show and and other shows I've been on as well, like Legend of Retro, I grew up with my mom and sister. Uh, my father passed away when I was younger. Uh, we won't go too in depth with that, but uh, this episode was one of the ways I learned how to shave. I, I grew up with my dad, and this episode's one of the ways I learned to shave, so it's not too depressing to me. All right, that's fine. I guess so long as misery loves company. Uh, I didn't have a man-to-man. I learned from The Simpsons and, like, other shows and stuff. I, I kind of had to stumble my way through it, but uh, Homer's reaction where he puts on the aftershave and freaks out because he cut himself so bad is pretty much uh, how uh, it's very similar and reminiscent to the first time I shaved. I don't think I cut myself the first time I shaved. Oh, really? But I've cut myself a million times shaving. <laughs> Since then, I see. Uh, yeah, the first time I, I had cut myself up pretty bad. Uh, and uh, uh, so as far as that goes, uh, uh, Homer like teaches them that, like, you know, put little pieces of toilet paper on your face for the, you know, to stop the bleeding. And uh, Bart goes to, like, grab the aftershave afterwards and drops it. And it splatters to the ground and shatters glass. And Homer is about to freak out. And Bart says the line that Homer taught him. It was like that when I got here. And Homer hugs Bart. Which is a really touching scene between them because Homer shows that he taught something to Bart and Bart learned it. Even if it's not the greatest lesson, it's still a life lesson from your dad. It's 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 a nice moment. I uh yeah, I, I do like that moment in the episode. And I've used it was like that when I've got here before many a times. <laughs> Who isn't? <laughs> These are great pieces of advice Homer gave for gutless cowards like us. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, 
So uh, Homer goes to visit with Lisa this time, and uh, Lisa's playing her sax, and she's like, oh, you probably want me to stop. And Homer's like, no, 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 just play. And Lisa's like, yeah, but why? And he's like, does a father have to like have a reason for these things? Just play. And uh, she starts playing very, very morose music, and Homer starts crying. And I... Uh, Lisa gets that, you know, something's wrong and she shifts gears into when the saints go marching in and uh, Homer loves it. And Homer knows the lyrics to that song, doesn't he? Not really. Hey, when the saints go over there. <laughs> That's right. When the saints go over there. I. Uh, also, uh, for the record, uh, uh, when the Saints go marching in, it was a uh, it had originated as a Christian hymn, uh, and a jazz version was made famous by Louis Armstrong with his uh, 1938 recording. Nice. I don't think he was the first jazz musician to do it. I wouldn't imagine, but he was the one who made it popular. I uh, so. He listens to to Lisa, and uh, next he needs to make the videotape for Maggie. So he goes to the Flanders. So, this scene is weird to me. Mm -hmm. And it might be because Homer thinks he's dying. Mm -hmm. But Flanders, you know, gives him the camera after a little bit of argument. Sure, sure. And then he invites him to his barbecue. And Homer doesn't want to go because he hates Flanders. Mm -hmm. Does he hate Flanders so much that it's more than his love of food? It, it is. Or is it that he's dying? Because we've seen Homer at other barbecues of Flanders later on. Usually begrudgingly, though. That's true. He's usually not very thrilled to be going there, and it's just his gluttony gets the better of him, and then he goes to get food. Uh, but I love the fact that uh, I, uh, you know, the Flanders you know, are like pulling taffy, and Homer's like, oh, the fun never stops at the Flanders house. And uh, When is the next time we see the Flanders barbecue? Is it when... Uh Flanders failed. I think it's when Flanders failed. Does that episode take place after this one? Uh, if it does, then Homer is a liar because he says to Flanders when he's like, "Ah, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't." When he realizes he's going to die, he goes, "Yeah, I'll be there, and I'll even bring T-bone steaks." So either Homer's a liar, which is very, very likely, honestly, or it would be later. Uh, but this could very well be canonically. Right before, uh, 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 before the episode "Win Flanders Failed," my Simpsons mind is getting blown as we make these <laughs> canonically impressions on things. I feel like we're going to be like by the end of Noiseland Arcade, we're going to have like an entire like apartment filled with like uh, like pictures, yeah, with red strings <laughs> going across and like connecting, and like we're gonna be like we almost have this the 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 case cracked. We've almost got it. It all makes sense. <laughs> And then they'll take us away in straight jackets. Uh, so Homer makes a VHS for Maggie, uh, which we've talked about on this show before. Uh, VHS is outdated. It's no longer a thing anymore. Uh, and it's funny because there's probably a lot of younger people who don't even know what it is. So I love that Homer starts this video. Mm-hmm. And he impersonates a ghost because he's doing a recording from beyond the grave. I also love that uh, uh, he says that unless you taped over it, this is the final like words of your father, which is funny that like he just immediately just assumes she's probably just going to tape over it. 
that would be the most Simpson thing to do, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Homer really hypes himself up. He's talking about how kind her father was and, like, you know, how great of a guy he was. And then the phone rings, and, and Homer's just like, ah, and he starts scratching his butt while he's talking, and he's like, for Bart, he's like, who is this? Bart, your friend Millhouse is on the phone. He's just such a jerk. We get to see the real Homer. Mm-hmm. We get to see fake Homer and real Homer. Uh, and next, Homer goes to visit Grandpa Simpson. And this is where the episode gets kind of touching. He, it really kind of does. Uh, 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 he talks with Grandpa Simpson, and uh, you know, at first, uh, Abe uh, Abraham Simpson is just sort of like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we've never been close. What's your point?" And and Homer's like, he's like, "I just want to let you know that I love you." And uh, you know, saying that they never played catch, they never went fishing, or he never even hugged Homer. Which really, really makes you start to kind of put two and two together and think, oh, oh, that's why Homer's the way he is, is he never had the love of his father and his mother vanished. And so he just, that was all he had. Well, we'll get to see some more of that actually in the next episode because we get to see kind of flashbacks in the way we was. Oh, that's of the right. the relationship as he was growing up. And yeah. Abe's not the best parent. No, no, he's not. He isn't. Uh, so uh, Homer ends up bonding with Grandpa, though. Uh, they uh, uh, they're gonna go to the uh, uh, you know uh, the you know spend some time together, play catch. They're gonna go fishing. They're gonna wrestle in the mud. That's a manly thing to do, right? I presume. Uh, I, I maybe we're not the ones that we should be pulling. I'll this wrestle suit. any man in the mud right now. <laughs> <laughs> Strip down to the skivvies. Let's go. Let's wrestle. You know, it just rained outside. I mean, if there's any day we want to wrestle in the mud, <laughs> this is the day. Uh, so uh, 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 Homer is like like finished with his dad. And he's sick and tired of dealing with them. And Grandpa's like, how about some hacky sack? And like Homer's just like, oh, geez, start for attention much. And pulls out and leaves. And he gets pulled over by Eddie and Lou. It's kind of funny because this taught me a life lesson from this episode. Uh Uh-huh. Because Homer mouths off to the cops and he tells them, no, just write me a ticket. Uh Uh-huh. And they get pissed off at this. Oh, yeah. Uh, Homer says that he pays taxes, which pay their salary, which police do not like to hear typically. No. No, they don't. I feel like it's about the worst thing you can bring up to a cop. Short of, I have a gun that's hidden on me and you don't know where it is. I think that's about the only way it's, you could say anything worse. I actually got pulled over last night. Really? Yeah, on the way home from work. How did, it, how did that go down? Uh, I accidentally ran a uh, stop sign. Didn't oh. notice it. Got pulled over, was super polite to the officer, and he was polite back, and I went on my way and didn't get a ticket. Oh, nice. It was a good time. Hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't tell him to write me a ticket. <laughs> Sorry, I'll tell you that, damn it. <laughs> so Homer gets thrown in jail. Uh, and Homer's sitting there, and he asks the dude who's playing a harmonica, and he's like, what are you in for? And the guy's like, atmosphere. <laughs> that guy is awesome. <laughs> the atmosphere guy. I just want to hang out with the guy who's in prison for atmosphere. 
so he can play his harmonica. <laughs> that is such a good gag. I, yeah, I really love it. It's, it's a little cartoony for The Simpsons, but it's great. It's so good, though. It, it's more of a critic joke than it is a Simpsons joke. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, so Homer has one phone call, and he decides he's going to call Barney because he doesn't want to bother Marge and wait, like you know, ruin this like last day. Uh, and Barney has a novelty answering machine. Was that like? I mean, like I know they were a thing, but like, did like did you ever have one? We. I know I didn't. No, but you know what? You did have a fun and interesting voicemail for a while. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's true. Are you talking about the uh, uh, Charlie Brown one? The Charlie Brown one. <laughs> so for our listeners, a real quick little side story. I had a voicemail for a while, and uh, uh, it was basically me saying, uh, hey, this is Craig, yada, yada, leave a message. My, my, my message would be more entertaining, but Charlie Brown lost his touch. And no, like hardly anybody knew what the reference was. Me, Sean, uh, and Xander from uh, uh, the Legend of Retro, and I think maybe even your brother, Sean, uh, was Cody there? I think it. I don't think Xander was there. I think it was my brother, and I think it was. Um, was it us three? Our buddy Kyle. Oh, maybe Kyle was there with us. That could be. Uh, we we went to Comic Con so many times, but I uh, we you know we're at Comic Con and we run into the guy who voiced Charlie Brown, and I was like, oh man. I was like, can you do a voicemail message for me? That would be great. And the guy's like, all right, yeah. He's like, you know, I, I don't normally do this, you know, for people, but, you know, like, you know, nobody was around or whatever. And he's like, all right, sure. And so the original voice actor for, like, Charlie Brown does the this, you know, like, good grief, you know, blah, blah, blah thing. But he doesn't sound like Charlie Brown. He was the voice of Charlie Brown when he was a kid. Yeah, he was a child actor when he was Charlie Brown. So it was more like, good grief, this is Charlie Brown. Yeah. Craig's not here. And so I essentially listened to it, and I was like, delete, and then replace it with that message. And yeah, so for quite a few years, I had this very sad voicemail message of me talking about how Charlie Brown lost his touch. That's, yeah, that's that's all that was. Uh, but yeah, so, so Barney's message, though, is like, no one is here, no one is here, no one is here. And, and Homer's just like, Barney's like, thanks a lot. I wasted my one phone call. And I think Barney is like clipping his nails. Yeah, Barney's clipping his nails at the time. And so Barney answers the phone and... Uh, uh, he's like, you're at the at the uh, like the prison or the jail, and he's like, go to the window, and he's like, hi neighbor, I can see you, and Homer's like, God, just get fifty dollars for bail, and Barney's like, what'd you do, kill a judge? <laughs> and Barney goes looking for money, which is gross. His place is disgusting, and we'll see that throughout the series here and there. Uh, his anytime they show Barney's place, it's either everything's been stolen from him and it's empty, or he is just garbage everywhere. Yeah, pretty much. And I uh, Barney lives in his own filth. Yeah, pretty much. He's I mean, he is an alcoholic. It's not great. No. Pretty depressing. I uh, cuts to uh Marge and the kids. And they're at the dining room table, they're all dressed up. And Bart's like, why are we dressed up? And uh, uh, Marge is like, it's nice to get dressed up. And they're like, why is all the good china out? And she's like, eh, sometimes it's nice to have the good china. And they're like, you know, but like, you know, like what's going on? And and Marge is like, we, we you know, because we love your father and enjoy his company. And she's getting emotional. And Bart's like, why are we really waiting for dad? <laughs> uh, cuts to back to the courthouse. 
Chief Wiggum is counting pennies, and he's like, you know, we don't usually take rusty money. But Barney gets him out eventually. <laughs> yeah. So Barney cries, and he's so sad that Homer was going to like totally skip out on visiting him and the the other guys at the bar. And uh, Homer, you know, is like, listen, Barney, you know, I, I you know, th- today didn't go as I planned. Yada yada. And then they see Mr. Burns walking down the road. And Mr. Burns is ogling women in the park? Yeah, he's checking out their gams with Smithers. Ugh. Can I just reiterate that? Ugh. Oh, I mean, Smithers is helping him check out the gams, so... Wait, Smithers is helping him check out the the what? The gams. Oh, I thought you said something else that started with a G. Yeah, the gams. You know, the legs. A -A. G-A. Why is Smithers... Why is Smithers... I mean, I guess it's because he's a suck up and he loves Mr. Burns. He's willing to do anything. That's got to be hurtful, right? For oh, Smithers, yeah. who has a thing for Burns, like like to help him ogle women at a park. That's got to be very conflicting. Well, I mean, he did go out with uh, Mr. Burns earlier in the series in, on uh, Homer's Night Out when they were at the um, the lounge singer at the very end. Oh, right. And, and Burns is with like the two twins or whatever. Yeah. And. We didn't know if it was Smithers on a date with one of them and Burns with the other, or Burns had a date with two twins. Yeah, that was weird. I, uh, but anywho, I uh, uh, Burns sees, uh, or I'm sorry, Homer sees Burns, and he sticks his head out the window and he yells, "Eat my shorts, Burns!" And I, uh, Burns says, "We'll see who eats whose shorts Monday morning at 9 a.m." Because of course, Smithers knows who Homer is, even if Burns will never remember. But we have uh, Homer gets to Moe's, uh, and he has to call What is Moe's Tavern famous for? Because we find out what Moe's Tavern is famous for. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's the birthplace of a Rob Roy. <laughs> Sean, what the hell is a Rob Roy? So a Rob Roy is actually very similar to a Manhattan. Hmm. The difference is instead of using a whiskey, you use a scotch. So it's scotch, vermouth, and bitters. Oh. The Rob Roy was actually invented by... Waldorf Astoria in 1894. Wasn't that at the Waldorf Astoria? Yeah, it was a hotel. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it was in honor of an operetta or something that premiered, right? Yeah, I feel like that's something else I saw in there. I uh, also one of my favorite drinks. Really? Yes, Robert Roy and uh, Manhattan are two of my favorite drinks. Nice, nice. I, I'm definitely a brown liquor kind of guy. Interesting. I'm, I'm more of a beer guy these days. I don't, I don't really drink a lot of liquors. I can't really stomach it much after all my years of debauchery. That's a story for another day. It sure is. Uh, so uh, Homer tries to call home, but of course, Bart and Lisa are prank calling Mo, uh, and they ask for Seymour Butts. <laughs> I get it. Uh, so Homer uh, uh, mentions how he th- sometimes when his day is bad, he thinks of all the bar flies and smiles. Which is funny because he doesn't know a lot of their names. <laughs> and that guy that calls me Jim or Bill. I don't remember. I, I think it's Bill. Bill. I uh, Homer I uh, I uh, uh, like decides like he's going to like kiss everyone like on the cheek basically. Uh and uh, uh I think it's Mo says like uh like not in public. And uh one of the dudes is like, You better be dying. <laughs> Barney says how European. <laughs> European I uh, 
Homer catches that it's 8.30, and he's got to go. And so uh, he gets Barney to drive him home, but the car breaks down. And Homer runs home. Oh, yeah. We parody one of the greatest movies of all time in this scene. Really? This is parody of The Graduate. Oh, is it? Dustin Hoffman. This is him running to the wedding and the ending of the movie. It's the same where he runs up to the window and he pounds on it and starts screaming Marge. Oh, Oh, and that'll get referenced in another episode later on. Interesting. The Graduate is one of the best movies of all time. If you've never seen it, go out and watch it, and you're going to get a lot of references to it in The Simpsons. Interesting. I that's funny because I I have never seen the the graduate and uh but all these references I knew were from something. I just didn't know what. Interesting. We'll we'll get them later when Abe falls in love with um Marge's mom. Mm-hmm. That's a parody of the graduate. Um obviously when Dustin Hoffman guess I'm sorry, when somebody guest stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Homer runs home, uh, and basically he like gets in, the, and he's like, "All right, kids, love you, goodbye, good night," and like sends them to bed. And uh, they jump into bed because you know they need to get busy. They need to get his freak out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marge wrote him uh, wrote him a poem. Uh, they cuddle, uh, and uh, Homer uh, afterwards then says goodbye to his family, and he goes into all the rooms. He says goodbye. And uh, when he when he talks about like all of them and how much he loves them and stuff, he gets to Bart and he's like, "Goodbye, Bart. I like your sheets." <laughs> I love that no one can properly compliment <laughs> Bart because in the uh, Christmas episode, it's and Bart. We love Bart. <laughs> we love Bart. So Homer uh, decides to listen to uh, the Bible on tape as read by Larry King. Uh, and I, I, it's a weird choice. <laughs> it really is. I appreciate that Larry King guest starred on the episode to do this, but it is so weird. I uh, also, I, uh, Homer, I, uh, uh, did what I did, uh, when I, uh, cause I've read the Bible before, but Homer did the same thing I did. And you fast forward through that boring part where they're like, and Joseph begat Beguile, and Beguile begat Susan, and Susan begat Jeremy, and Jeremy begat the, the Mumra, and Mumra begat, and it's just like, oh my God, this is so stupid. Who put this in? Now, did you listen to the Bible read by James Earl Jones? I actually read the Bible okay. uh, when I when I was a kid, but like when I was younger, not a kid necessarily, like a teenager, and I... Just flip through all those names. Because the Bible read by James Earl Jones is amazing because Darth Vader or Mufasa is telling you the Bible. There was once the there was the Alpha and the Omega. Oh man, this is great. Everything the light touches is yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I I Larry King finishes the Bible uh, on tape by saying that he's going to go out with Duke uh, with Duke Seaver to get coffee and a matzo ball soup. Uh, and he mentions that if you're going to be gambling on sports, that you should uh, uh, consider the Spurs uh, because they did well in 90 and 91. Uh, they were in winning division titles, but they did not win a championship until 1999. Huh. So uh, I'm afraid Larry King was off base there. But I could not find anything on who Duke Seaver is. Nothing. 
I presume it's a legitimate friend of Larry King's. I also looked into this and could not find anything. So if anybody knows, let us know. If I had to wager a guess, I think Larry King himself had a friend and he just like w- like totally ad-libbed and talked about what they were going, like, like you know, one of their activities or whatever. Uh, you know, getting coffee and matzo ball soup. I, but Homer softly drops the tape recorder as the Bible finishes, and the music turns a little dark and dramatic. Perfect timing, Homer. <laughs> Perfect. Splendid timing. And I'm sure he was asleep for a lot longer than that. Marge can't find Homer, though. Asleep? Uh, you, you're <clears throat> dead, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so Marge can't find Homer. And uh, as she's going around the house looking for him, we see that there's a picture of the power plant on the wall. Yeah, that's a weird photo. I yeah. saw that too. I don't think I would ever put a picture of my work place on my wall framed. I just don't think I'd do it. I, but I, I, I'd do it if I worked somewhere cool. All right, yeah, fair enough. I, if it looked cool, if it looked nice, if it was a nice building. Yeah, something. like if it was like a Frank Lloyd Wright design where it's like weird and obscure. Oh, sure, sure. I, I'd put that on the wall. I'd be like, yeah, I work there. What up? <laughs> so Marge uh, uh, goes to hug Homer, you know, his dead body, but his drool is warm. And Marge starts screaming that he's alive and shakes him. And uh, Homer is super enthused and he's going to live his life to the fullest, which basically comes out to him eating pork grinds and watching television bowling. Living life to the fullest. So. Obviously, Burns forgot about him. Homer never got fired for this. But did he have to go to Flanders Barbecue and buy steaks? I imagine he did, but we'll find that out later, I guess. I suppose so. So, Sean, what do you uh, consider the lasting impact of this episode? I'm going to pick a personal lasting impact, not anything that has to do with this episode. Oh? Yep. Personally, this got me interested in sushi and made me want to eat sushi as an adult. I'll be damned. I... So the lasting impact, I would say, is not very far off from, from yours. It is a very multi, multicultural episode. And, and we see the, the culture of like Japan through this episode. And they do a really good job with it. And they're not disrespectful. Well, they make a few jokes here and there. But not like immensely disrespectful. They never make overtly racist jokes. The jokes are kind of playful. Mm-hmm. Simpsons does a very good job with that. When anytime there's another culture... Unless you're French, <laughs> unless you're French, that is correct. I uh, and yeah, the because uh, I mean, let's face it, this certainly is not the first brush with the notion of death that the Simpsons have had. We saw that in Homer's Odyssey. Yeah, Homer. Uh, Homer has a couple brushes with death. Yeah, mm-hmm. he really does. That kind of becomes one of the themes going through the Simpsons that occasionally Homer is going to be close to death, either ill or or you know something of that nature. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, as far as that goes, uh, I, I would say that uh, uh, the, the lasting impact is the fact that it's a very multicultural episode. Uh, but uh, as far as that goes, Sean, I, I, I wanted to let you know that uh, um, I don't think I'm going to be able to record uh, another episode here today with you. No? No. My very skilled hands are going to be busy. Cover for me. (laughs) 